many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality in the lives that we're living right here, right now? For those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives. For those of us who are looking to fully live in this moment. To change how we feel, how we perceive the world, and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question, are you living or are you killing time? What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Live This Life podcast. I have a very special guest on this episode of the Finding Life series, Janine Hernandez. Janine is an award-winning author, mentor, and speaker. She's published four books, one of which is releasing this spring, and she's also a speaker and coaches aspiring authors on how to publish their books. Janine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to connect with you. Your upcoming book looks absolutely amazing. So the title of your book, Life is a Beautiful Journey, is about to release. What's the date? On April 17th. Awesome. Now, you've released several other books as well, correct? Yes, this would actually be my fourth book. So I have four books that I have released. Um, My first one is Through My Eyes, um, which is a poetry book. My second one is Feathers in the Sky, a story about the universe's promises. That is a children's book. Um, I did release an ebook last year, and it's the um, guide to self-publishing. And then now this one, it's called Life is a Beautiful Journey. And I'm excited to get my hands on this one. I know it's coming <laughs> out in just about a month. And just looking up some of the show notes and some of the things, uh, you know, leading up to this interview episode, just just reading about you and reading about your book, um, I'm definitely excited to get my hands on it. I'm excited to have everyone read it and share my story with everyone. Your story is definitely one of those ones that just really embodies what the Finding Life series was all about. I mean, really, when I when I came up for the concept of these interview episodes, because these interview episodes are different than other ones that I might do from time to time. I might have people come on and do different things, but I mean, this series is really to inspire people to let them realize that no matter how far down you may seem in your life, no matter how much you feel like you've fallen down and that you can't get back up there are people who have been in that place and who've managed to get out of those deep, dark places and stand on a mountaintop to be able to help everybody else. And I feel like your story is exactly that type of story. It's an amazing, amazing story about finding a whole new version of yourself after some serious trials and tribulations. And I'm just excited for you to tell everybody about, you know, where you've been in the last you know few years and where you've come to, from to where you are now. It has definitely been a journey. It hasn't been easy. It's a lot of work, but it is very rewarding at the end. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So before we get too far, I want to ask you the same question I ask everybody else that's going to be coming on here. What does it mean to Janine Hernandez to live your best life? Um, To me, it means waking up every day with joy. Um, So finding joy in the smallest things, uh, being grateful for the small things in life, such as like birds chirping or someone's smile or um, the pen that allows you to write a poem. When you find joy and gratitude, um, your life definitely transforms. Negativity, Negativity is no longer prevalent in your life and it all is about perspective and what you choose to focus on. So I live my best life when I have this feeling of joy inside of me. Um, and I make a conscious choice every day to be a bright light that shines just everywhere that I go. It's difficult, but you can definitely do it. <laughs> it's, it is tough. It's tough in this world, but you know that's why people like you and me are out there trying to do all these things that help people find that. I mean, gratitude and just finding this, the small little bits of joy in everyday life, like the things that some of us maybe took for granted in some of our darker times. But I know yeah. for sure on some of my darkest times, I look for exactly like what you just said, and it can lift me out of some of the darkest moments. 
Yeah, it definitely. And that's kind of how I got started was I just had someone recommend to me when I was in a very dark place is, you know, get a gratitude journal and start jotting down three things you're grateful for every day. And that's how my life started to transform. <laughs> and it's so it's it's amazing you say that because so many people have that same exact piece of advice that if you're feeling down, you know, start off your day with just a couple of pieces of gratitude and and try and end it the same way, you know, try and yeah. find a few things that you're grateful for for what happened to you in your day and you know, it, it, people who don't do it if if you don't start because it really makes a world of difference in a few days of doing that you'll have a noticeable difference about the way you approach your day and the way you end it it's it's probably the best piece of advice that Janine just said yep it is <laughs> so let's jump into your story like let us know about you know where you came from i mean go back as far as you feel is relevant but you know tell us about where you came from and really some of your your hardest moments and you know what your turning point really was in your life because your story is absolutely amazing so I am of Colombian descent. My parents are from Colombia. Um, I was born and raised in uh, Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Um, but at the age of 14, my parents moved us to Phoenix, Arizona. Um, so we've been here, I think, a total of like 17 years. Um, I did live in Miami for a couple of years, um, but I ended up back here in Phoenix because I absolutely love it. Um, so just my journey has, hasn't been an easy one. Um, some of my hardest, hardest times I would have to say were, um, you know, when I started, I would say like in my twenties, you start to like realize some of the things that bother you when you're younger and you start to maybe ask questions like, why does that bother me? What is the reason, you know, and just starting to be a little bit more self-aware. Um, but I didn't necessarily know how to deal with a lot of my emotions or things that I had gone through. So I almost like self-sabotaged myself, um, in my, in my earlier twenties. And I ended up having a lot of different situations, abusive relationships, um, molestations, depression, you know, living with only a dollar and 23 cents in my bank account at one point. Um, but I, I learned over time that I was, I myself was self-sabotaging myself. I was manifesting this. It was my negative mindset at the time. I didn't really know how to deal or cope with a lot of different things. Um, but I was, I'm very grateful because I did at one point a volunteer to be a mentor in a youth program. And I started to learn different distinctions and um, started to dig a little deeper and try to understand, you know, my mindset and why certain things happened in my life. Um, and that's kind of where it started. I think I've been on the self-development, personal development um, journey, I would say for a good eight years. And it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> I will say that. I mean, um, you just kind of have to keep working at it every single day. And um, I mean, I'm definitely nowhere where I used to be. Um, and I definitely have a long way to go still. But, um, but that's part of why I was so inspired to write my book was because I wanted to share what I have learned up until this point. Um, so that's a little bit about my story. I don't know if you want me to, um, speak a little bit more about something in particular. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, like what you just said about having to learn how to cope and, you know, you're a work in progress. Like I, that's one of the most important things for everybody to, to learn as well. I feel is that you don't just get there sometime. And yeah, like a lot of us put all these things on social media and, you know, you're writing books. I've got a podcast, like people think like, oh, wow, I wish I could be in the place that you are. But we have tough days too. And you're, you have to be patient with yourself to realize you're a work in progress. And that's probably one of the most important things you just said that I've been trying to hammer home so much lately is about you don't really ever just arrive somewhere. You, you're always going to be a work in progress. I learned that because I always thought I'm like, okay, I am so happy right now. I have so much joy right now. I have finally arrived and nope, <laughs> life, will, <laughs> life will have a different turn. Oh, you'll have to learn something new. And, um, it's like, 
for every new level, there's going to be a new lesson and there's going to be a new situation that you're going to have to go through or new triggers. And, um, so I've learned that, no, you don't ever really arrive. You just kind of go through the journey. Um, but it's just, it all depends on how you choose to go through that journey. Do you choose to go through it in a depressive state and self-sabotaging or do you choose to be inspirational and self-aware and looking for, um, answers, you know, and I choose that route. Absolutely. And that's Mm -hmm. the best thing you can possibly do, but not a lot of people have that kind of strength. I mean, a lot of people go down, uh, you know, that road that you've already kind of started touching on and never really get a bounce back. So, um, you know, it's great that you're now in that place to guide other people because it's, I think one of the most important jobs that can be out there right now for anybody to be doing is to try and lift other people up in the world. Yeah, definitely. So with, you know, the tough, the tough places that you came from with only a dollar 23 in your bank account, you know, what was your turning point? You know, I know you said you mentored some youth and some programs, you know, but what, what turn, what was the beginning of the turnaround for you? Like what was really the catalyst that kicked it off? Good question. And I don't know if there's just one moment, but, um, I would say because it's, it's been ever evolving, but there was one turning point or like an aha moment for me. And I would say that was, um, back in 2016, I just got tired of, um, being stagnant in my life. I got tired of creating excuses for myself. I got tired of self-sabotaging myself. I, I just was so fed up. They say that when you're when you're so fed up and when you're just over it, that's when um, something amazing ends up happening. And that's some somewhat of what happened to me. Um, I just got so fed up with the life that I had created for myself. So I decided to surrender. And um, I at the time I was living in Miami. My son um, was here in Arizona with his dad at the time. And I just, I don't know. I remember I was, um, it was lunchtime. So I was out at lunch from work and I had this like moment of clarity and peace. And my intuition said, you need to quit this job. You need to donate all your things and you need to drive back to Arizona. And, (laughs) and I listened because for a long time I would get these feelings or these intuition feelings and I was not listening. And then I was self-sabotaging myself. So I did just that. I went upstairs and I wrote a letter to my boss and I let them know that I was putting in my two weeks notice and, um, I handed it in and, Um, At the time, my boss and me were extremely close and I was someone that she trusted. Um, So she took it somewhat personal and um, she told me to leave immediately. Um, I think I was there. I I, I, know. I take it back. She had me work a day or two to train someone else, but she did. She was just like, you can just go. Um, And I can't really explain because it had nothing to do with the job in itself, but I can't really explain the amount of peace and weight that lifted off of my shoulders because I was listening to my intuition and I was following what I was supposed to truly do. Um, So that was um, a Friday. And, um, I ended up getting a phone call from like a recruiter and she was like, Hey, we saw your resume on, um, career builder. You know, there's a company in Arizona that wants to, you know, meet with you. And I called them back and I was like, you know, I haven't uploaded my resume in such a long time. I'm sure that what you have is old, but you know, I'm open to whatever, you know, information you have. Um, it turns out this company was, um, in Arizona, but they had a corporate office in Miami. So I ended up applying and I did the interview, like the face-to-face interview on that Friday. Um, Saturday and Sunday, I literally was donating everything. We were getting rid of everything that I had. I flew my brother out and then he helped me drive from Miami to Arizona. And it took us about, we took our time. So it took us about four to five days And while I was driving through Texas, that job called me and they offered me a position and, uh, the Arizona office had never even met me. (laughs) Um, 
so I didn't really, um, I didn't have a job, right? So while I decided, I made the decision, I'm going to move. I didn't really technically have a job yet. I didn't have a home that I was going to go to in Arizona. I only had $500 to my name. I didn't really have a plan. I just knew that the universe wanted me in Arizona. Um, and that's kind of all that ma mattered, you know? And when, um, it's just crazy because while I'm going through this whole change in this transition, my friends, my family, everyone was like, you know, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you just quit your job. You donated everything. You only have clothes in your car. Like, what are you doing? And so I got to Arizona. Um, I started that job. I, um, it wasn't easy. I will say that I was, uh, living at friends houses or couches, um, hotel rooms sometimes. Um, it wasn't easy, but, uh, thankfully about three months in, I was able to buy a home, like of all things, that was also something just amazing. Um, and just everything in my life kind of started to shift for me. I started to, um, I don't know if it's taking ownership of my life or just um, understanding that once you surrender and once you're just okay and you just listen to what your intuition tells you, everything that you want will manifest itself. And that's kind of what started to happen after that. And I haven't really looked back. And that's kind of how I live my life now is I just kind of go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that day that you were at work that you really listened to your intuition then. Was that really like the, the sort of that was the aha moment. That was the turning point where you really kind of heard that voice to tell you to, to kind of get up and go. I would have to say yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how that it's repeated over and over and over with so many people. Like I can't think back to a specific aha moment that I had, but it was more, it was actually my aha moment was uh, one of my biggest mentors was telling me that exact thing. Like you just need to be happy where you are. You need to listen to the inspiration as it comes up. And when those come up, you have to listen to it. You can't overthink things. You can't mess up your ego. You know, can't mix up your ego with intuition. They're two totally different things. And sometimes, you know, the ego is more loud than, than your intuition. But listening to that intuition and watching what can come from it is exactly what happened with you. You know, when you listen to it, those things will come to you. When you take inspired action, your life can transform in crazy ways. And it's, it's awesome to hear that that's just another example of that kind of story. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring up the ego because even though I had that moment and everything was great after that, there's still times where I have, I have ups and downs where I'm very up and I surrender and everything is great. And then I have moments where I don't follow my intuition and here we go again, I'm on another journey. You know yep. what I mean? And there are definitely times where my soul and my ego fight each other. <laughs> you know, which one is going to be louder? Which one am I going to listen to? And it's a battle. Um, but you have to, I mean, you just have to go through it and learn as you go. Now, would you say that you've, you've done a decent job at this point to recognize which one's your intuition? And if you have, you know, how do you, how do you differentiate that? Oh, my, my intuition is very peaceful. So I know that when I get that little voice, um, or that gut feeling, and I'm at peace, I know that that's something that I should be doing. I also am very spiritual. So I do believe that I have angels and spirit guides leading me. So there's sometimes where I can hear voices that are not mine, that are telling me you need to do this or, you know, go this way or do that. And um, I usually follow, I just know, I, it's like a knowing, you just know. Um, with my ego, it's usually... Um, nothing that comes from love. So that's like the best way that I can put it. So it's usually anger or it's usually stress related. I usually have a lot of anxiety around my decision that I'm making or I'm unsure. Um, so whenever I have those types of triggers, it's usually my ego. Yeah. And so I'm just like, okay, so which one are you going to choose? You know? That's such good, valid advice. I mean, I, I'm listening to it and I'm kind of nodding my head and saying, yep, I totally agree. But it's also something that I need to, <laughs> I need to post that on my board every day and listen to it because I'm a person who's slowly learning how to trust the intuition and move with inspired action. But I'm coming from a, a really intense career that, you know, nothing but ego, you know, I was in, I was in law enforcement for all those years and like 
that's probably one of the worst jobs as far as building up your ego. So it's like, I'm still trying to stomp that ego down and listen to that intuition, but it's so difficult. So for so many of us in this world, so it's definitely valid advice to the, uh, to listen to the one that causes the least amount of conflict in you that you don't feel anxious about. Mm-hmm. I usually tell people, cause a lot of people will ask me like, what should I do? You know? And I always ask them like, if, if you have to ask yourself something and the answer is anything, but yes, if it's a maybe or well, then it's a no, you know what I mean? And so right. it's just knowing you usually know when your intuition is right. And when it's talking to you. So if it's anything but yes, or anything but peaceful, then it's, then it's not, you know? Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you said you're a very spiritual person, you know, when, when did that come about in your life? Is that something that you had from a younger age or is that sort of a recent change in, you know, your, your view on life? I've always been very spiritual. I've, um, and I don't know how deep you want me to go into this, but I've been ever since I was little, I've always been, I've always had a sixth sense in a sense. I can see, hear, feel all of it. Um, whether it be spirit guides or angels, um, I can see my angels. I can feel them. I can hear them. Um, I am very spiritual. So I see, um, signs everywhere, everywhere that I go. Um, and it's just always been this way ever since I was little. And I think it's something, I think my family is very strong in that. I'm not the only one. Um, so we, I build it up by having these types of conversations with my parents or with my sister or, you know, siblings. And, um, so that helps and, um, meditating helps a lot because it helps me stay grounded. And, um, but yeah, I I would have to say I am very clairvoyant. Um, I can pick up a lot of things, not just like with myself, but like with other people too, I can sense them as well. Like if someone is unstable or if someone has bad energy or I'm very empathic as well. (laughs) And that helps. I mean, the ability to, to listen to your intuition and your intuition about people is I think one of the most valid and valuable things that you can develop in your life because it's usually other people that are causing so much conflict in our lives and we're judged by other people or that's how we actually feel. And I think your ability to read people, your ability to, to, to be an empath towards other people and, and kind of gauge where their actual intentions are. It's, it's something that you really can't learn. It's kind of something that I feel like you're, you can learn over time, but I feel like that's something so valuable to carry with you in your life, especially if you can take that from a younger age and develop it through the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have to say I'm very, very lucky because um, I know that there's a lot of people that don't get this. They, they don't get this gift until they're older or maybe they start to pay attention or be a little more self-aware. Or I've met people that just do it because it's the cool thing to do. You know, like uh, I've seen a lot of those, um, yeah. but I am very fortunate, I guess, because I've always I mean, I just as as small as like five or six, I can remember hearing, fear, feeling, seeing, and being guided by my intuition. And even like my son, I have an 11 year old. He's very, very spiritual. He sees signs everywhere. He can hear, he can see. And so it's um, also molding him and having conversations with him of like, this is normal. You know, this is a gift that you have. Not everyone has it, you know, and just helping him through it too. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's Mm -hmm. awesome to have that kind of, uh, experience to hand down to your kid who's going through those kinds of things as well. Like I've tried to, I've tried to recognize my own ability that I I've had for a while to kind of gauge people, but I did it more from like a survival sense of like kind of knowing when the danger was going to be coming and that's all I was really ever looking for. So, Mm -hmm. you know, now that I'm really not in that role, I've kind of realized that I can kind of take on other, how other people are feeling. And I've realized how much other people's energy really does affect me and talking with more people like you and getting into these circles of, of people, you know, and realizing, you know, what being an empath is actually about. And it's like, well, yeah, you've had that all along. It's just, you used it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense. You know, it makes sense now that, now that I'm not there, um, now that I'm not in that role where I'm potentially in danger and stuff, I'm using it. And I, I pick up on people's 
vibe and feelings a lot more than I had used to. And I'm like, wow, why is, why is this person's negativity affecting me so much and having to learn so much about putting up your shields to block that. And it's like, well, why am I letting other people bother me so much? It's like, well, because you've, you've always been an empath. You've just never really realized it because you used it in such a specific way. Yep. It's so true. And it can be difficult, but I think it, yeah, if you learn to learn how to protect yourself and also not be involved with that. I just, there's sometimes where I'm like, that doesn't feel right. I'm not going to do it, you know? Right. And just having boundaries for yourself. Um, it's not always easy, but it's like a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, very much. Mm-hmm. So let's get into your book a little bit. So tell, tell me about, you know, your most recent book. I mean, actually, if you want to touch on a couple of your previous books, kind of, you know, a brief summary of what those were about. Um, but then also jump into what this latest book is all about to give people a little bit of a sneak peek. And I'm excited to, to see what's coming out next month. So my very first book is called Through My Eyes. Uh, that book I started writing when I was nine years old. Um, it's a compilation of my poetry and my thoughts. And um, I, just a little backstory. Ever since I was nine, I would tell my parents, when I grow up, I want to be an author. Like some kids say, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a firefighter. And here I am, the little weird Janine. And she would say, <laughs> I want to be an author. And everyone was just like, okay, that's odd, but okay. And I yeah, so my first book is Through My Eyes. It's a compilation of poetry from anywhere between 12 and 22. Um, my second book is called Feathers in the Sky, a story about the universe's promises. And it's a children's book for kids, and it teaches them about mindfulness, about uh, you know being self-aware. It teaches them how to follow the signs. Um, so I specifically talk about feathers and what each of the feathers mean. Um, so I am very happy and very proud of that book because there aren't a lot of mindfulness books for children. You really have to search for them. Um, my third book was an ebook and it is, um, teaching, uh, aspiring authors on how to publish their book. It's a quick read. And then this last book I would have to say is my baby. (laughs) Um, it's called life is a beautiful journey, 15 ways to create a life full of joy and gratitude. So I go over 15 different ways to live a better life um, and how to go through that journey. So I talk about anything and everything from joy, gratitude, manifestation, integrity, um, living with peace. Those are just some of the the chapters. Um, But this book, I talk about some of the life lessons that I have learned. And then I incorporate some of my deep stories um, that I have gone through. And I share that with the reader just uh, to be able to have them understand that I'm not just an author talking about this topic, but I can relate to you. And this is what I did to overcome it. So awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm, like I said, I'm so excited to read it. I mean, I, talking to some people about it as well. Um, definitely some hype going on around with it. So I hope this one does really well for you. I mean, it's, it's definitely an intriguing story. And I think the information with people who are out there in this realm listening to podcasts like this, it, it seems like that's the exact kind of book that uh, would benefit people who are listening to material like this. So it's, I think this is something that if uh, people are out there are listening, definitely check uh, check out Janine's stuff on Instagram and uh, a lot of her videos too. A lot of the, a lot of the things that you've put up on there recently that I've checked out are, are very inspiring as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So with talking about, you know, how spiritual you've been from such a young age, you know, what's your, what's your concepts on, on how our consciousness can affect the reality around us. I mean, I'm, I, like I said, I totally geek out on the science side of stuff. Like I've always been someone who's been into astronomy and, you know, I wasn't good enough in math to get into like quantum physics and stuff, but with the age of information coming out now and how much stuff is out there with YouTube and watching Ted talks and all these kinds of things, I've totally geeked out lately on the the physics and the basic fundamentals about how our reality could actually be, you know, affected by our consciousness. And I know that's something that you've kind of mentioned in some of our conversation. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on some of that stuff? 
So I am a very, very firm believer that like our level of consciousness um, is based on the vibrate, like the energy that we put out. Um, so we attract what we put out into the world. And, um, and it can be anything, like anything from like situations to even health. Like I'm very, very big on when I don't feel well or when I'm sick, it's usually because of something that I'm going on, that's going on with me internally or with my mindset. Um, I think our minds are very powerful and we do have, we, we can manifest anything and everything that we want if we truly believe it and we take action as well. Um, but we do have to raise our level of consciousness. I do think that it doesn't just happen just by saying, I believe, I believe, you know what I mean? We really have to work at it. We really have to meditate. We really have to like believe and, um, get to that point. Um, it is, it's not something that just happens overnight. Um, and then I'm also very big on receiving information through my dreams. Um, I, I typically don't remember my dreams, but when I do remember them, it's because I, there's a message that I need to receive. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, I, about two years ago, I had a a breakup of someone that I thought would be my future, my future husband. And about two days after the breakup, I had a dream that I was on a, like a dirt lot. And I saw these construction workers um, and I couldn't understand. I'm like, what does that mean? And then the dream shifted to this like old, like abandoned house and it was made of wood and it was shaking and there was a tornado outside. It was just complete chaos. The house was like teeter tottering from side to side. It ended up burning and it fell to the ground. And then again, I went back to that scene where I saw the construction workers on a dirt lot. And they were there building my new home. Wow. So that's the type of dreams that I have is I get very vivid, very uh, like fifth dimensional type of dreams that when I wake up, I'm like, okay, there's a reason for this. Let me interpret this dream. What does it mean? Um, and I'm very in tune with that. Just paying attention to like, what is it that my subconscious mind is trying to tell me at this time? You know, it yeah. usually has a story or a reason. Now, have you ever gotten into dream journaling? Oh, yeah, I do. I have <laughs> multiple journals, but that's one of them. I do have a journal, and I, jur I journal um, all of my dreams. And I've been doing this since about 2006, maybe. Wow. Yeah, I tried to jot I've them all down. I just started doing it. I've listened to an awesome TEDx talk of somebody who's actually going to come on the podcast in the next few weeks. And her name is Aw Awada Habiba. And she did about a 15 minute TEDx talk about dreams and um, journaling them and how much it helps you with dream recall. And that when you start to be able to do, she, she basically gets into how um, lucid dreaming about how, when you can recall your dreams a lot more, you start to realize that you're in the dream when you're in the dream. And that helps you start to create your dreams purposefully. And I mm -hmm. guess even like Einstein and Tesla did that, like they would come up with some of their greatest inventions in dream states because, you know, you can screw something up instantaneously, erase it and start over in your dream, you know, pretty much anything's possible. And she gets into how journaling, um, brings about lucid dreaming. And then, you know, when you get into the lucid dreaming state, you start to find that you're creating things in your waking state a little bit easier. Things seem to you like you think of something and it just comes to you. So mm -hmm. I've been practicing that myself lately. I only discovered that a few months ago and I just started a dream journal and I'm starting to recall my dreams a lot more. Like I was one of those people like I never dream or, you know, years ago when I was going through a lot of PTSD, it was all just bad dreams. That's all I would remember. Um, but now it's, I, I kind of like went from a state of bad dreams all the time to none to now journaling some in the middle of the night. And now I recall dreams all the time. So I'm kind of excited to see where all that stuff kind of goes. That's super cool. And I think um, like recently I've started to have dreams where I realize I'm dreaming, like if that makes sense. Yeah. If we, like I'm dreaming, but I feel like I'm awake and I'm in it. And so, but I don't really know what to do with it yet. Like I'm yeah. still experiencing it. That's a so, lucid dream. I, yeah. So it's just, it's very interesting. I'm like, okay, you're awake, but you're not awake. You're still, yeah, it's very interesting. I've, um, got, I've gotten close to that before, but it's kind of like, I don't know. Do you meditate at all? 
Yeah, every day. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you get into like a really deep meditation and you jerk yourself out of it because you realize you're like, oh, I'm, I'm like actually without thought for a minute. And I have been for a few minutes. And then you just kind of yank yourself out of it. It's almost like the same thing with the lucid dreaming. Like you kind of realize you're like, oh my God, I think I'm awake in my dream. And then all of a sudden you wake up. Like it's, it's yeah. like, oh, come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely interesting. And it, I think if you pay attention to what your mind is telling you, or it could even be, it could be anything. Honestly, sometimes I tell my spirit guides, like, you know, send me a message through my dream or just whatever you want me to download, whatever information, and it'll come to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at some of our some of our show notes that we had uh, traded back and forth before the show, and one of the best lines that you put on here was, "Our minds are powerful, and we have the ability to manifest anything we want if we truly believe and take action. And that our minds are a muscle, and we must work at it every day in order to raise our level of consciousness." And I'm like, that right there was so absolutely powerful because I feel like the meditation and doing those, those kind of dream exercises start to actually exercise your brain in such different ways that you become so much more creative in your waking states as well. It's so true. And like I mentioned earlier, even with health, um, I'm, I feel the same way when we have something that's, um, affecting us internally, it could be that our, you know, our mindset is off. There's just something that's not in in balance, you know? Um, and I do believe that we have the power, our minds have the power to heal a lot of the illness that we have in our bodies. Um, I tend to notice that when I'm in a more peaceful state, I have no sickness, but when I'm not, that's when a lot of things start to react, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure you're very familiar with Joe Dispenza's stuff. Yes. Yes. It's like, that's, that's one of the biggest things he hammers home is all the, the, you know, he gets into the placebo effect and how we, you know, our minds can make us sick or make us healthy, you know, just kind of re- you have to kind of realize where your mindset is at. But I think that's one of his biggest things that I've learned so much from in the last few years. And like exactly what you're saying, like I've totally, um, you know, at one point I had realized the same thing that I had cancer a couple times and I had it at age 26 and age 29. And the amount of CAT scans they gave me between the first and second case, the doctors told me when I switched all my medical care, you know, oh, your previous care, you know, they gave you way too much radiation and CAT scans. There's a likelihood you could get cancer again. And I just was paranoid about it for years. And then it it manifested. And then once I started to learn all of this stuff, I kind of had a dark night of the soul after that whole period of the second cancer. And once I started learning about a lot of uh, more about spirituality, I realized I might have actually brought that on myself because that's the drum that I was beating the entire time was I'm going to get sick again because of what they did. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. And then it happened. So it's like, now I tell the story, I'm never going to have cancer again. I'm never going to be sick again. I say all the time that I'm, I, I'm not the type of person that gets sick. I don't get sick. Although this year has been a different story. <laughs> like everybody I know has been sick this year as far as flus and everything go. So you can only do so much with that, I think. But for the major stuff, it's like, yeah, your mindset is huge. You know, it's, it's, it's big when it comes to surviving big things like cancer. And it's big when it comes to just your mental health state and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah. And I actually, um, I can add a little bit to that, but about a year and a half, yeah, a year and a half ago, I had a pre-cancer scare. So it wasn't cancer yet, but it was uh, turning into it, if that makes sense. I had to have surgery. It was the most scariest thing of my life. And I guilted myself because I knew that uh, the mindset is very powerful and our consciousness is very powerful. And so I guilted myself because I'm like, how did you get here? Like, you know, you know, that you have a responsibility to yourself and to your family, but you know that um, you also have the power to create anything that you want. So what is out of balance with yourself? And instead of me um, dealing or coping with it and, and trying to change the situation, I actually went into a mini depression and I started to drink a lot and I was just so depressed. Like I guilted myself. And anytime I didn't go to the gym or I, or I ate meat or, you know, I'm not 
fully vegan, but anytime I ate meat, I would just be like, ah, why are you doing this to your body? You know? And, um, every time I would have alcoholic beverage and it, it was a very, very tough time. But then eventually I got to a point like a more healthier state where I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's get back on track. And it was back to meditating and back to taking care of my body and mostly taking care of my mindset. Because I know that that's like the only thing that's going to help cure, you know, and thankfully a year and a half later, I am, I'm good. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it takes, it takes a lot. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> Especially when you have one of those scary health scares. I mean, they throw the, that C word at you and you know, your mind can't, you can't help it when your mind starts to say, oh boy, this could be really bad. And you know, you start yeah. thinking about how bad it might be. and it's, it's like, we do that the same, we do the same thing with even past events when it comes to PTSD and stuff. We, we project how bad an event could have been. It could have been so much worse. And we, we just focus on, on how bad it's almost like we manifest something that never was actually there because we just think about how bad it could have been. And we do the same thing about the future. You know, we worry about how bad things could be in the future and you, you get that diagnosis and it's very, very hard, especially when you don't know a lot of the stuff that I feel like you and, and myself and some other people who've kind of been through things and are learning a lot of the stuff in the process of positive mindsets. If you get those kind of diagnosis before you get to that point, I can see how it could poison your road and lead you down a much unhealth, a much more unhealthy pathway that you possibly don't recover from. Yeah, it's definitely hard. And thinking of like, um, I'm thinking of, I don't know why something that you said just reminded me of something that I did recently, but, um, it's almost like this quote that I had heard, you're trying to fix something that isn't even broken yet. Yeah. And so, um, I'll share a little story. I don't know. Do we have time? Uh, plenty of time. Okay. So, um, I had a coworker about 13 years ago, um, was a professional skydiver and he would go skydiving every single weekend. Um, he ended up going up with 30 other skydivers and they did like this, um, record deal thing. I don't know. And so he ended up coming down with 30 other skydivers and his uh, parachute got tangled with someone else's and, um, he hit the ground and ended up passing away. Um, so that traumatized me. This was back in 2005 or 2006 that traumatized me to the point where I would have anxiety getting on airplanes, like full blown anxiety. Um, I would get nauseous getting on airplanes. I um, would always tell myself I'll never, ever skydive. Anytime anybody would skydive, I would tell them how stupid they were. It was just a very big fear of mine. And last year, after I, I had that surgery and I decided to take ownership of my life again, I told myself, this is a fear that I need to overcome because there's no way for me to reach the next level of consciousness if I'm... Uh, if I'm attaching myself to all of these fears that I myself have created, right? Cause I wasn't the one that jumped out of the plane and passed away. It happened to someone else, but Such I created, yeah, I, I created this big like soap opera around it. So, um, May of last year I went and I skydived for the first time. Wow. And, um, it was the most amazing, amazing experience. It w- it felt like a, um, it just felt so freeing. Like I feel like whatever chains I had put on myself over the past 13 years around this fear, I had like broken them. That's it was awesome. amazing. Yes. I mean, that is the, that's like taking life by the horns and just being the boss, like taking the wheel and just steering where he wanted to go. Cause <laughs> I don't know if I could go that far as doing it, but I've done the same thing lately where if something makes me feel uncomfortable, I make sure that I do it. Even if just the thought creeps up in my head to the point where now if that thought just creeps up, it's like the most antagonistic thing where now I have to do it because I have just a slight little bit of fear about it. Like public speaking used to be one of the most terrifying things for me to do. And even back when I was like a director of a department, we'd get into staff meetings and you'd have to go around the table. And when it got to my turn, my heart would start pounding and stuff. And now I'm out in front of, you know, groups of hundreds of people. And, you know, in the last few years I've done t- 
talks at you know Harvard and stuff like that where I'm in, I'm in front of hundreds, if not a thousand people or more. And it's, you know, you get a little bit of anxiety, but that would have terrified me years ago. And now it's it's like nothing to me to the point where now I'm kind of like, okay, short of skydiving, what can I do that's something that I've been afraid to do for such a long time? Actually, kind of close to that was um, parasailing behind the boat while I'm on vacation because I see we go to Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And people are out in the water doing that all the time. They're doing the parasail behind the boat. And I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it this year. But now that Cape Cod's become like one of the the hot spots for great whites in the entire world, I think I might pass on that one because if that parachute goes down into the water, I'm kind of like a, a you know a, an hors d'oeuvre being dipped in the water. So I think I'm going to do something exciting. I'm just not sure which one yet. Well, maybe that's another fear you have to look at, that great white shark. <laughs> maybe go jump maybe in the cage go, yeah go do some uh shark diving <laughs> but no i i totally understand it's like we build and create these fears for no reason at all they shouldn't even exist they <laughs> if shouldn't it hasn't, if it hasn't happened to us why do we do that you know and, and it's one yeah, of the most moment. gratifying feelings, I'm sure. Like, I mean, I'm sure once you touched the ground after that was all over with, it, you probably felt like you were on top of the world, like you could do anything at all that your mind wanted you to do. Yeah, and honestly, it wasn't even that. It was just like the just the whole experience going up in the plane, and I realized I was going to be the first one to jump out. I was like, "Oh, great! This is great. This is just great." <laughs> and then, but they opened the door too, so they opened the door. You're up in the air about 15,000 feet and you can see all of like literally all of Arizona you see all the mountains all the farms like everything is just beautiful and then you jump out and it's just if uh silence has a sound that's what it would be like it's just this piece I don't really know how to explain it and yeah when you land when you get to the ground you're just like oh my god I did that like I totally did that it's really cool that must be an amazing feeling. Not sure I'll ever yeah. feel that one. I'm not going to say never on the skydiving, but I'm not too sure about that one. So you definitely get some major, major points for overcoming. That's a that's a big one. It's not like you just kind of got up in front of a crowd and started talking. I mean, you kind of you you went over something extremely difficult that most people couldn't do. Never mind the trauma that was behind the incident as well. So good for you. Yeah, thank you. So now you said you coach people as well. So, you know, what sort of, what sort of coaching do you provide for people and what sort of people should reach out to you if they're interested in, in, um, in doing so, what sort of services do you provide? So, um, I primarily coach aspiring authors. Um, so there's a lot of people that have stories or want to write a book and, um, they just don't know what to do or what steps to take. So I coach aspiring authors. I teach them how to self-publish their book, what they need to do, um, to make a business out of it, how to market themselves, the whole nine yards. Um, and I really, really enjoy it. It's like my passion. And just to see people that do have a story, like getting their story out there is just amazing. And so, yeah, I'm right now I'm actually coaching about five people. It's a lot of work. Um, but I'm so excited. I can't wait for them to have their books out. That's awesome. And now mm -hmm. have, have any of your students released any books yet? Not yet. We, all of us, all of them are in the process. So. That must be so gratifying to see that though. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done a little bit of coaching with people just been warming up in this whole field of things, but I mean, I've coached kids before in sports and I've been a boxing coach for a little while. And it's great to, when you see people develop any skill, something that you're just trying to teach someone, you see them come from point A to point B. I mean, you get that as a parent as well. Um, but I mean, being able to coach somebody and watch them live out some sort of dream or some sort of, uh, a goal that they want to accomplish in their life and that they maybe wouldn't have gotten there without you. It's probably one of the best feelings, but, um, you know, people who are looking to reach out to you for some of your services, how can they get a hold of you? The best way is my Instagram. I would have to say my Instagram is at Janine. It's J A N I N E. Hernandez, which is my last name, H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z, and then an underscore. So Janine Hernandez underscore. Um, or you can reach me at my email. It's info at JanineHernandez.com. Great. Those are the two best ways, yeah. And again, everybody's got to keep their eyes open for Life is a Beautiful Journey, 15 Ways to Create a Life Full of Joy and Gratitude, which is April 17th. Is that correct? 
Yep, April 17th. I'm actually going to have a book launch event here in Phoenix. So if you live in Phoenix, you're more than welcome to attend. Just follow my Instagram and RSVP for the event. When is the, uh, when's, do you know the date of the event yet? Yeah, it'll be April 17th and we're hosting it at a little uh, wine and whiskey bar in Scottsdale, Arizona. Nice. Yeah. If I happen to be out there, I'm, I'm going to be taking some trips to the West Coast coming up this spring and summer. So maybe I might be able to line something up and get out there, go see my man Princeton, and maybe we can check out the book launch. That'd be awesome. That would be amazing. Definitely let me know. Excellent. So anything else when before we close up the episode? Um, anything else you'd like to say to everybody out there? Um, just, you know, follow, follow your intuition. Remember to be a bright light every single day, live with joy inside of you and just have fun. This, you know, sometimes we're going to go through some crazy situations in life. And, um, I promise you it's for a reason. It's for a reason. So just enjoy it. The good, the bad, the ups, the downs, and just go and take this ride and have fun with it. Such great advice because yeah. if you're if you're not living a life that's enjoyable, you know, you're just kind of killing time. Most people just live nine to five jobs. They don't find a passion. They don't move with intent and purpose. And all your words that you've said today are just the exact things. It's it's the recipe. It's the way that it does work out when you go down this path, when you go down a path of being more mindful about your life, listening to intuition, moving towards your dreams, sometimes taking a big gamble, you know, packing up everything you own and, and moving halfway across the country. I mean, you don't have to be that drastic, but sometimes it's those big shakeups that, uh, you know, you do something abnormal in your life and those abnormal things, those synchronicities, those coincidences, all the magic that can come to you in your life. Sometimes those are the the kickoffs for it. So, such great advice, Janine, really. And it's really, it's never too late. I hear a lot of people that say, well, you know, maybe next year or the year after that, or I need to have X, Y, and Z ready before I could take this step. And it's like, no, if your intuition is talking to you, go out and do it. Just do it. And you're going to feel so much better. <laughs> and that's, that's like, that is an echo of so many conversations that I've had in the last couple of weeks of just just go start it. Just go do it. And I'm, I'm guilty of that when I started this podcast where I was putting it off. I was trying to wait until I had a backlog of episodes. And then, you know, I've got to wait so that I can have the Facebook page up. I've got to wait until I got another social media page up. And it was just always an excuse. And it was like, just, just get it out there. Just stop trying to wait. The, the, uh, the saying that, um, perfection is the enemy of good enough. And it's like, you know what? It's just good enough right now. Just get it out there, get it started, plant that seed. I just did an episode um, and released it yesterday on planting seeds of intent. So it's just like, just put the seed in the ground, plant the seed of intent. It'll start to grow. And once it does, you can tend to it afterwards, but get the seed planted. I totally agree with that. Totally agree. All right, Janine, it was a pleasure having you on the show and I will put all of your contact information in the show notes, um, but it was a pleasure to have you on here. Best of luck with your new book. I'm very excited to get my hands on it and maybe we'll cross paths in the near future. I'd like to try and get out there for uh, something this this spring or summer. So if I don't make it to your book launch, maybe we can we can connect in 3D at some point and, uh, and we'll be able to, to meet up, cross, cross paths in real life. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I love this topic. I love talking about these things. So thank you so much for allowing me to share. All right, Janine. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. Bye. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Finding Life interview series of the podcast. And if you have an interesting or inspiring story to tell about how you overcame some major life adversity and really feel like you're now creating your own reality and manifesting good things into your life, Hit me up. Maybe we can get you on an episode of the podcast. You can email me at connect at livethislife.org. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T at livethislife.org. Until next time, keep living, everybody. And thanks for listening.